Okay, we do have series prices that have been posted at a couple of books uh, for the NBA postseason round one. We'll get to those in just a bit as we welcome you in. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. So I, I teased this, and I ho- was hoping we could touch on this a little bit. You can go to The Athletic. We could talk about anything, Patrick. We can talk <laughs> anything in, you want to talk about. He's in a great Whatever man. you want to talk he's, about. He's in a good – he's got one I got an hour in the left, sand. And I'm, li- <laughs> I'm like Fred Flintstone. I'm out the back of that dinosaur, baby. Hey. I'm done. Yeah, here we go. Hey, like I'm, I said, I get the, you, you I'm going should. on Twitter sabbatical. Twitter where, but, sabbatical. Where are you going yeah. to go, by the way? I'm going to go down to Sarasota, Florida, with, meet some friends down there and just enjoy it. A little sunshine, you know, hang out. You know, That we'll, sounds fun. Why not? If not now, why, yeah, it sounds Is good. Is Bill like Berman coming? You know? Unfortunately, no. Uh, you know, he's got daughters in school, and so it's to, you know it's going to be it's going to be difficult to be away from him for so long. But we'll try to muddle through it. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing about I, I was shocked he wasn't coming in to re- replace me on the show for I know, the two I thought, hours. I thought he was going to. He's probably very. I, I'm sure Bill Aidey is going to hear about it because he doesn't understand why he's not here replacing <laughs> me. I can tell you that. There's no Ber- doubt. You know what, Ber- Berman would be very good if you take him on vacation because he could plan it all. You know what I mean? You you wouldn't oh, have to no. worry about a thing as far as itinerary. I would say this to anybody listening to this program. If you want to know about Disney, follow Berman's Twitter account and then direct message him about Disney. And I promise you, and I mean this with all sincerity, you will have the laid out plan for any Disney trip you want to make. The man should be the concierge for Disney. (laughs) And I would urge anybody who loves Disney and wants to take a trip, follow him on Twitter, and he'd love to plan it for you. He's he's got natural planning. He's got natural planning in his blood. So I expect Bill 80 to get a phone call because, I mean, you know, I can always hear mumbling at the other end of the table. You know, I can do that. I can do yeah. the same thing Lombardi does. Yeah, oh, so. Yes, yeah. of course. I know that. He, but he is, he's he's logistic, with logistics, he's a genius, and he's a nice guy, so hit yeah. him up uh, on it's Twitter. Tremendous, yeah, hit him up. Follow and then, him on oh, oh, by the way, while you're, there, question. By, while you're there, yeah. you can go, you can have him send you a nice note on Cameo. Yeah, that's, oh, that's right. He can wish you a happy birthday as well. <laughs> okay. Let's so. get to the athletic where eventually Bill Berman will take over from Michael Lombardi writing about football <laughs> for the athletic. Uh, but I digress. How coaches and execs interpret the NFL schedule. I thought it was interesting, and I was hoping you could shed some light to the VEASAN audience here on what this really means as far as interpreting the NFL schedule. Well, I think we as fans, and we have this strength of schedule that comes into play. I think the strength of schedule is really not important now. As the season goes on, it becomes more important as the teams declare who they are, as you have to play certain teams. But the number one thing every team looks at when it comes to the schedule is how many quarterbacks do we have to play that are really good in consecutive order Hmm. without a break? Without a break, we got to play, you know, and I, and I cited the Chargers. They open up with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They come back, and, and, I, and I think the Chargers, they play b- between Mahomes, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson. I mean, they play like six Let's really good. Let's do this. Here Let's it do it they as an Dak. example. Let's throw up the, the schedule for right, the Chargers. You Dak. go through it. They play Dak Prescott in game two, right? Tough game to play. They come back and play Patrick Mahomes, tough game. They got Derek Carr, tough game. They play Baker Mayfield, tough game. Lamar Jackson, tough game. They have a bye. Now, what makes all those five teams tough is their quarterback play is excellent, but all those schemes are uniquely different. The Cowboys scheme doesn't carry over a passing game to the Chiefs scheme. The Chiefs scheme doesn't carry over to the Raiders scheme. The Browns scheme, the Raiders scheme doesn't carry over to the Browns nor to the Ravens. So every week, you're going to have to modify their coverages and and how they want to play and handle and handle all their 
concepts because the passing game in the NFL is not about you run 15 yards and run it. Everything is conceptual. So on one side, they run this. The concept to the backside of this is predicated on what the coverages are. Okay, so when you start listening to these people say, well, they were in man coverage, they're in zone. It's never that simple. Just tune them out. The really, it's really complicated. And so when you get these many games of good quarterback quality in a row, whereas if you would have taken the Patriots and sprinkled them in instead of the Chiefs in week three and taken the Eagles and sprinkled them in instead of the Browns, it would have been a much favorable schedule for them. But now they have to deal with that. And that's what you're looking at constantly as an executive. How many hard quarterbacks do we have to play in a row that's going to tax us, that's going to tax our pass rush, that will then tire our defense down? So by the time we get to that bye, by the time the Chargers get to the bye, I mean, poor Brendan Staley, he's going to know where he is as a football. He's going to be exhausted. Yeah. That is, that's an interesting way of looking at it. While we're there, why don't we just pull up their schedule and break down the Chargers? This is a, I know uh, somebody in particular here who has a big bet on them uh, at 30-1 to 1 Super Bowl odds. Uh, I don't know if you'd go that far, but the win total is set at 9. Remember, this is a team that won, what, 13 games three years ago with Anthony Lynn at the helm. A lot of the same pieces. An upgrade at quarterback, you would assume. Um, the the defense is going to get healthy as well. That's the one important part well, with this team because they know the offense is all there. Right. Let's be real. Let's be honest here. They changed defensive coaches here because they felt like that scheme became too vanilla. They felt like, and they went with a defensive coach because they felt like they needed some diversity within their portfolio. You know, they were playing too much of Gus Bradley's uh, Pete Carroll system. I think with just a little bit of creativity, just a little bit of creativity by Brendan Staley in the Vic Fangio scheme, with the talent that they have on defense, particularly in that defensive front with Bosa coming off an end. You know, Jerry Tillery's a good player. You know, they've got this Justin Jones inside. They've got Linville, Linville Joseph. He's a rundown player. They've got combinations of different people that they can utilize to then go into the secondary, and they finally get, they get Derwin James back healthy. They missed him all of last season. They didn't have him. And I think with Chris Harris, who's familiar with the Vic Fangio scheme, when he played in Denver, he understands it. He'll know it. He'll be able to handle it. I think certainly they could really be better on defense without even having uh, improved their talent base that much by scheme. I think Staley will help the players more than Gus Bradley did. So that takes care of the defense. Offensively, I think they'll be just as good. I think they've improved their offensive line. Look, Jared Cook's not as good as, as Hunter Henry. We know that. But he can catch the football out of the backfield at, at the tight end position. Getting Rashard Slater, can he play left tackle? That's going to be critical. But if he can, they now have Balaga and Slater at tackles. They're much better in the tackle position. They signed Corey Lindsom to strengthen the, the inside of their offensive line. And if they get any protection at all with these skill players, my God, they can be very good offensively. They so I like their team. I like their team. I like Eckler as a running back. Nice combination. Justin Jackson, their seventh-round pick at 18. He comes in. You know, they drafted Larry Roundtree from Missouri in the sixth round. Can he offer some help? Kelly last year from Tennessee, they drafted him in the fourth. So they're young, and I think they have a chance. And I think just the nature, the nature of Brendan Staley's ability to change what they do. Ronaldo Hill will be the defensive coordinator. He's an old-time player from Michigan State, was from the Nick Saban tree. So he understands how to play conceptual coverages, match coverages out of off-off, and understand how to play different variations. They will not just be a cover-three over-front scheme that they were in the past three years. Yeah, I guess the big question for the Chargers is we don't know what we're getting out of the head coach, but I'll tell you what has flipped. Coming out of the draft last year, there were questions about Herbert. 
you know, Tua was taken. I can't no imagine more. there's one detractor on Justin Herbert at this point. There can't be. I mean, the guy played sensational. Now, it's a challenge for Joe Lombardi, no relation. Vince's grandson, he's going to have to do a really good job. He's going to have to be better than he was at Detroit. I didn't and love him as a play caller in Detroit. Sorry, Michael. I'm, they're going to have saying. to use that. They're going to have to use that saint. That's why I say he's got to be better. We all have to get better at our jobs, right? Yeah. We all have to get better at what we do. And sometimes the learning experience you gain from that situation in Detroit will certainly benefit you. And I think with Herbert and running the Saints offense, if they run the Saints offense, which is going to be utilization of screens, utilization of the running game. Remember, the Saints do run the football. They got Drew Brees under center. They're not just a, we're going to throw it 70 times. They understand the importance of having some semblance of a run game. I think that certainly will help them. Look, they're really good talent-wise on the skill. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen can be dynamic. They drafted this Josh Palmer kid in the third round, you know, and they really don't need a receiver. They had this K.J. Hill was making plays last year for them. They're good. They're good in the skill players. I think they'll, they'll certainly improve. Whether they get something out of McKitty, the tight end they drafted in the third round, we shall see. I think there's reasons to be optimistic about Lombardi calling plays there because when he got to Detroit, he was awesome at first, and then it felt like he got figured out a little bit by the defenses, but then that's something he can figure out now while he's – that was his first experience calling plays. No doubt, and he get a chance to work the adjustments, and I think with the quarterback that you have, you can certainly help that a little bit. I, I like the Chargers. I do. I think it's a tough division, you know, I think, but I do think they have talent. Look, we're not even talking about the fact that they get Derwin James back. I mean, that's another first-round pick that they add to their defense. They get Bosa. They get Derwin James back. I mean, yes, they didn't have Melvin Jenkins back, but Melvin Jenkins didn't play well last year. So what did they actually lose by losing Melvin Jenkins? The way he played last year wasn't good enough. He's still unsigned. It's an indication of how poorly he played last year. So, you know, for me, I think they have a great opportunity because of James back. Their corner situation has improved. They drafted Asante Samuel in the second round. We'll see if that can hold up. You know, they drafted the Murray kid last year. He played well for them. I like them. I think they got a chance to be an improved team. And I like the fact that they're going to challenge the players intellectually. They're not just going to play over cover three like they did with Gus Bradley. You know, the irony about Jared Cook, he said, catch a football. If he caught a football against the Bucks, we may not be talking about the Bucks. If he holds on to it. <laughs> we may if not talk about the Duck, the, the Bucks as Super Bowl champs. How, my, how quickly, yeah. you know, just on a yeah. pin, how things change. Um, so, nine, and it's a little juiced up to the over uh, right now. In division, the Chargers are six to one. Remember, in division, the Broncos are your second betting favorite. That is yeah. something that can. I mean, it's remarkable. Viable. And then, then today, today it comes out that the Packers are not going to take. You know, they want a quarterback back, and we still see Denver as. The, I mean, the Packers can't possibly want Bridgewater a lot or Drew Locke back. I mean, if they were going to make a trade with anybody, and I'm not suggesting they make a trade. But the team that has the most available uh, assets to trade to Green Bay in the Aaron Rodgers, if this were to open up, it's the, it's the, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, let's go back. To, and nobody believes this. Vinny said it. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny from the book said it. And Thomas Gable says it is Aaron Rodgers is the one player that really moves the needle on the line. He really moves the needle on the line. We can't lose sight of that. You know, and so we've seen that Matt LaFleur's won 26 games with Rodgers the last two years. Do we think Matt LaFleur's a 26-game winner if he didn't have Rodgers? Absolutely not. He has a lot to prove to get to that point. So, you know, they're going to want a quarterback back. 
And if the Raiders made this move, I think the Raiders could certainly could vault themselves up into that area, which is surprising why Denver's there. NFL news today. How about this one? Ryan Kerrigan, who's been a hell of a pro for Washington, but he's leaving the veteran pass rusher. He spent his entire 10-year career, Michael, with Washington. He's now headed same division. He's going to Philadelphia. Well, I mean, look, Philly's always about the defensive line. And, you know, with the new defensive coordinator, Gannon, I think they've got to try to get as many defensive rush guys as they possibly can. This is going to be a scheme that's conducive to a zone coverage, what we see in Indianapolis. The Eagles, you know, they've got a lot of money in slay. You know, are they going to be good enough in the back end? But what they have to do is run with the back seven. And they're not good enough at linebacker to run this scheme. They're going to, there's going to be some holes in it. And they've got to rely on their pass rush. They've got to get Derek Barnett to play at a much higher level. But not only do they have to get Barnett to play at a higher level, they've got to get everybody up. Brendan Graham's got to continue to play at a high level. Fletcher Cox has got to be in shape and play at a high level. It's interesting that the Eagles went in this direction to signing an over-30 player who's on the downside of his career with the potential of injuries. The potential of injuries. Usually a guy like Kerrigan would sign with a team that feels like they're right there on the cusp and they're going to get there. Not a team in a rebuilding mode, which is what I think Philadelphia is. That's why I found this signing interesting. They're probably going to reduce his amount of play time, cut him down to about 20 plays a game and see if they get something out of him. I would have thought he would have signed back with Washington, knowing his role, but obviously Washington didn't want him back nor offer him the deal. This is random with the Eagles, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Jim Schwartz, and you can tell me where he ended up. How was Jim Schwartz not in the mix as far as the conversation? Is it because they couldn't puppeteer him? Sirianni comes in. We know nothing about him. Jim Schwartz should get another chance at head coach. Uh, He's a very bright guy. I mean, he can't even get an interview. Don Martindale can't get an interview. You know, when you get to a certain age in the NFL, you become – I mean, Vic Fangio was fortunate to get that one where he was. I mean, look, can you be a better defense coordinator than Don Martindale's been over the last no. two seasons? Of course you can't. He can't even get a sniff. There were six jobs, seven jobs open last year. He couldn't even get a sniff. You know, and, and the same thing with Schwartz. I mean, Schwartz – look, the more we're going to learn about the Doug Peterson era in Philadelphia, the more we're going to learn about how it was more everyone else than it was actually Dougie. Mm-hmm. You know, and – you know, I think we're going to learn that, you know, and I took a wrath of it from a lot of people, but I think it's proven to be correct is that it was the organization that was carrying, not the head coach. That's what the Eagles want. That's what the Eagles want. And I think Schwartz really helped carry him there with the way they play defense, the way they drafted the, to the defensive players. Now, a lot of people in Philly don't like Schwartz because of defense, but I'm just telling you, you removed, if you would have removed Schwartz from that scheme, for the last three years, the Eagles wouldn't have even come close to sniffing a Super Bowl. Oh, he's a hell of a play caller. And he did a pretty good job at the start there in Detroit. And you just mentioned it, Peterson. Peterson had Reich and he had Schwartz running the defense when they won that Super Bowl. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah and I mean, look, he never could replace it. And, you know, I mean, he's not, you know, he, he's, he's got a lot of, he's not really that good of an offensive coach to be able to come in there. He's sitting out this year. We'll see what happens next year. Do you think he'll be a coordinator next year, Patrick? No, I don't think so. Uh, we'll see. I don't think I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of that's uh, covered up by what you just said. Organizationally yeah. he had a lot of good assistance. Uh, I think they had, a st- they had a staff bigger than Eisenhower had when he invaded Normandy on the offensive <laughs> side. They had 18 coaches. I mean, they, they can't even have a meeting room with 18. How do you get a staff together like that? Dougie may have been exposed a little bit. All right. You got, Hey, you so. got, you got a statue. 
That's all you got a statue. Got a statue. Nick he Foles and him together. He and Nick big, Foles and him together. He and Big Nick got you know, a you statue. Think, you think ten years from now? You think ten years from now people are gonna say who's the, who are those? Yes, two I do think there? that. I do very much think that. <laughs> when we come back, we've got series prices, NBA coming up next here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. for the series prices coming up here NBA we'll get to you we'll get those to you in a second we just quickly want to run down the spreads going into tomorrow and then of course Wednesday with the playing games Michael and just when I give you the numbers I just want your first blush your reaction we'll get Josh on coming up in just a little bit obviously uh, the first one up will be my computer's not loading so I'll just grab it here Hornets at the Pacers the Pacers have been bet up to three and that total is 229 you know, my sense of this is, though, Patrick, the way that they have played, uh, you know, I, I don't trust the Pacers. And I know the Hornets have not played well. I get that. I, I get the Hornets haven't played well in the last game. But single elimination, you know, I guess I'll lean the, the Hornets, I mean, the, 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 the Pacers. But I'm really not tempted by this one. I, I would pass on it. I do like the under of 220. I, I know Pacers play a fast pace. But I think you've got to control that pace. And I think coaching – in this, in these playoff games, matter. You know, I, I wrote a column for tomorrow about the uh, on the Daily Coach about when you're building strategy. You know, what you before you build a strategy, you must assess what would have to be true for this to happen. And I think that's what really is the essence of a seven-game series in basketball is, is typically you start the series with a strategy. And then after you play one game, you find out what you were wrong with with your strategy because something wasn't true. Something wasn't true that you counted on being true that wasn't. Let's just say you thought Embiid could guard this guy. He can't. Or you thought that Simmons could, you know, play in the low post. He couldn't. Whatever it is. You counted on a truth that ended up not being a true. So you have to adjust it. And now you've got to fix it. In single elimination, you've got to be really good to know what's true and bank on it. And I think that's the hard part. That's why upsets occur. 100%, and I agree with you about that total. We've got 229 on the Hornets Pacers total. I see a 227.5, so that gives you an idea where the total's heading. It's headed down. Um, well, I'm going to throw these series prices at you, and I want to do the same thing, get your initial reaction. Four or five, of course, the Knicks are going to be home court there against the Hawks. It's essentially 110 up and down, so this is straight up yeah. pick them. Uh, you know, I think I was told by somebody in the league yesterday when I was talking about the, the Knicks and, and them securing, keeping Miami in the other bracket. And he said, you know, I really think Miami, this was a quote from a coach in the league. He said, I really think Miami didn't want to play the Hawks in the first round. He said, they, they're a bad matchup for the Hawks. 
Trey Young can go off, the way the Hawks play, the way they're coached. I think the Hawks are going to be a sleeper team in this playoffs. I really do. I think that Trey Young can be dynamic. He's not as good as Curry, but he can be Curry-like. And, you know, the way they've played since Nate McMillan's taken over, they're, they're, they're a tough team. I think the Knicks have put their foot to the metal for all 72 games, and I don't know if they have another level to go to when it comes playoff time. It's, I don't think they do, and I think that's where I, I would worry the most. I like Atlanta here. It's funny you say that. You know, the books here in Vegas are crying about one team that's getting bet, get, getting bet heavy, and that's the Atlanta Hawks as far as the futures. I mean, they've, they went from like 150 to one to uh, 50 to one to where they're at now. I mean, they've really shortened up. I mean, I think they've played really well. And I think that, you know, when they're healthy and they, you know, they're a formidable opponent. I mean, you know, they, Trey Young, when he's out there, Kapala plays well in the inside. You know, I mean, they look, they, they get, they get good solid minutes. I mean, Bogdanovich is a good player. I mean, they get him off the bench for 30 minutes. Gallinari. I mean, they've got some really good players on their team. I think they're, I think they're more talented than the Knicks. And I think if Derrick Rose isn't a hundred percent for the Knicks, I don't see how the Knicks handle them. I really don't. I like Atlanta. I do. I think I think Atlanta has a chance to be really good. And and when Atlanta shoots well, with Huntner shoots well and Trey Young, man, they're tough. Yep. No, you nailed it. They are. They're definitely more talented. There's a Tibbs advantage. But then you say that, and then all of a sudden Nate McMillan who took over for Pierce and never lost. So I think they, it's a they, very good series. They, they, I think you got to. I think you better be concerned about them, and you got to have to beat them in seven games. I mean, you got to be the better team. And they've got talent. They really do have talent on that team. Quickly, the Bucks. Okay, so if the Heat wanted to avoid the Hawks, they got the Bucks and Giannis, and the Bucks are almost uh, a three dollar favorite here. I, I'm I'm all over the Heat in this one. Oh, I'll yeah. take the Heat in this one in a minute. I take them. I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to get so tight, especially if they don't play good in the first half of the first game when they come out, because I think they're going to say, "Uh oh, are we in the same mode?" You know, are they mentally tough enough to fight through it? Are they buying into Coach Bud? Are they going to be able to fight through the adversity? Uh, that remains to be seen. Look, the Heat team, if they're healthy, if, if Butler's healthy and now no low back pain, all that, if he's healthy, I think they're a hard team to play. They proved it last year. The Heat are built for this. And if you agree with Michael, the 3-6 matchup, you can get the Heat right now coming back the other way, plus two and a quarter, plus 225 in the series against Milwaukee. Uh, I think it's intriguing. Josh Applebaum's going to join us next as we close out a Monday edition of the Lombardi Line. Josh has got picks today, and we'll talk about some of these series prices as well. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. the joke stuff the nhl and nba playoffs no joke here we've got you covered at v sin the hockey expert annie mcneil sunshine's tracking all the nhl action senior nba analyst jonathan von tobel is all the hoops insights our experts and the entire v team give you all the tools to make most of every bet in the playoffs go to v and our daily members only best bet emails don't forget those now is time to cash in on the playoffs sign up for a 10-day free trial at vcin.com slash subscribe it's vcin.com slash subscribe just 26 minutes to go before my man's got a foot in the sand a cocktail in his hand 
yeah. He's got the yeah. S. He's got yeah. the yeah. SPF. Apple bombs laughing in the background. <laughs> yeah, he's, got, yeah. he's got no Apple more bomb. steam for me. I'm taking oh, I'm boy. taking some time away from the steam, the steam line break. movements, the reverse line movement to the contrarian line movement to the back line movement to this is a one-time condition line movement. I'm done. I'm gonna go get. Yeah, I could just see up. you with the with the suntan lotion on the nose, the big white nose. Hey, Millie, yeah. what do we got tonight? I'm gonna review. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna review Amal's suicide picks. You see, he's made them. I got in here early, and I you know I listen to Gil's show when I'm in here, and Amal's already done his suicide uh, picks for the, uh, Survive, for the tournament. You mean Survivor, Survivor thank you. Yeah. Survivor, suicide. Thank you, Stephanie. Stop laughing at me, Stephanie. It's, you know, it's not easy, you know? <laughs> she's, she's, trust me. She's been on one today, too. The whole crew is. Uh, yeah. Ann's over here singing. Uh, Shorty got low, 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 because Apple Bottom <laughs> Jeans is here. Uh, Apple Bottom. I, I hope, I hope Ann bet, and, and bet the Rockies game. We went over the 11 number yesterday, you know, just trying to make her a little money there. She, there you she go. Did. She's rich now. She's drinking Monster. She's in a good mood. Uh, look she's at there's Josh Applebaum. All, she's got that pool going. <laughs> hey, J.A., what's cracking, man? Market Insights is the podcast. Beaston.com slash podcast. You got that good lighting, though. Uh, yeah, good lighting here, guys. I'll, I'll take you behind the scenes a little bit. I'm in, the, I'm in the corner of my apartment, my home office. When we get good sunlight in Boston, finally some nice days, the picture gets a little bit better here. So uh, hopefully we can stack another couple wins here. Michael, great hit with your Colorado over. The Jays yesterday. That one got dicey. Got that one, too. But I just want to say, Michael, uh, on behalf of Patrick and myself, we're really going to miss you over the next week. But hopefully uh, you enjoy the beach, and we got a lot of steam waiting for you when you get back. I can't wait to – I'm sure we will have a lot of steam, and we'll have a lot to talk about when I get back. We'll be right – I'm hoping that the NBA playoffs are as good as that Memphis-Golden State game was yesterday. That's what my hope is, because I think that will get us through – to at least till we get to the N, to the NFL preseason, because if that can get us into June, late into June, I got the NBA draft to complain about. Once we can get through all that, I think it's good. I, but if it's going to be like it was during the regular season, I'm really disappointed. I think I think you're right. I'm excited about the postseason just because the right just so there's a contrast. The post the regular season was been so dire in the NBA. Josh, what did you take away from yesterday's matchups where we tried to break down the Da Vinci Code of who's in who's out well first off Patrick you did a great job with all the permutations and who you know <laughs> what's going to happen and what's going to go I mean I'm like seriously I don't know how you did that but you did a great job I think you know to me yesterday um, I took a very cautious approach just because of a lot of the uncertainty here going into these these last uh, last game of the regular season but I would say to Michael's point moving forward as we get into the playoffs I think one thing that thank God we're getting to this point is I don't think we're gonna have to really worry about load management anymore like hallelujah we're not gonna have yeah. to worry about is the guy going to play? Is he not going to play? You know, again, it's the playoffs. Everybody's up for these games. So I think if you're betting these games, my biggest thing is, hey, we don't have to go through this exercise of betting a game too early, having the line go the other way. As long as these big-name guys are in and you expect them to play, hopefully that part of the NBA season, which was really frustrating, has now come to an end. I think you're right. By the way, did, Michael, did you see the picture of Embiid's chain? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, only he would wear that chain to can a you, game. Can you I mean, see seriously. that? Uh, is there a glare? Well, can, if you If you – Look at that chain. Is that flavor flavor? Oh my god! It says, <laughs> "Oh my god!" <laughs> it says big energy on it. I mean, that's your boy Lombardi. That's your boy. Yeah, and he really—I mean, he really plays with big energy. That's the right chain for him. He does play with big energy. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> 
You know, I mean, I'm trying to go out on a positive note. I'm trying to go out on a positive note here, Patrick, you know? I understand. Your boy spends a lot of time on the ground for somebody with that much energy. Uh, Josh, as we open The line's always four. The line's always four. It's a a static line, four. If he's on the ground, over four, under four. You know, we could keep that going. It, It is. By the way, I wanted to just quickly mention to you, Josh, if your bees, they're they're favored on the road again at the Capitals NHL playoffs. If they don't beat a forty-year-old goalie and Craig Anderson, I mean, it's it's this is a rough look tonight, huh? Yeah, it really is. And Patrick, again, you know, I think it's an opportunity to back Boston, maybe in a couple different ways. Number one, if you look at series prices, guys, uh, the Bruins they open as a minus one fifty favorite. Patrick, you made a great point that maybe that line was a little high. But now down 0-1, this is a big game for the Bruins tonight. Uh, They are now plus 120, Patrick. If you think in the series they can come back, maybe a buy-low opportunity. But this one just jumped out to me, number one line movement. Kind of a carbon copy of game one. Didn't come through for Boston. And really, I don't think you can blame Tuka Rask. They really got no production from the first line. Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. uh, And you saw Washington really take the body and play well and win in overtime. But to me, guys, I think if you're betting the Bruins tonight, you're feeling pretty decent with a comeback opportunity because they open minus 115 tonight. They're all the way up to around minus 130. And one system that I really like is playoff experience off a loss. If you're a team that made the playoffs the previous year and you're in it again the next year and you're coming off a loss, uh, these bounce back opportunities are about 55% with around 40 units won the last decade. So I think this speaks to, you know, knowing what the Stanley Cup finals are about in the playoffs, being able to bounce back, having the mental toughness to come back after a loss. And if you've been in the wars, in the trenches before, these playoff experience off a loss systems have done well. But Patrick, you're right. Anderson's the backup goalie here. You got to put more pucks on net if you're the Bruins. And then also uh, for this game and all games tonight, a lot of under money. Pretty much all these lines in the three games tonight are five and a half totals under minus 130, minus 140. So maybe we get some lower scoring games here. But tonight, if you're back in the Bruins, you like this line movement and this playoff experience off a loss. Well, I'll tell you what I was into, boys. Yesterday, I got into our girl Stormy and the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights were absolutely just, I mean, killing the wild as far as shots on net and physical, everything you, every which way you look, and they end up losing in overtime, one nothing to the wild at home here in Las Vegas. The first three games of the NHL playoffs went to overtime, all three won by the dogs. So that'll give you a chance. That'll give you an idea, Josh Michael, uh, just how the intensity how goes the up. Low scoring. Yeah, the low scoring. I think that's something to carry over into the NBA. I think the intensity is going to be up for these. Now, I don't know about this play-in because is Indiana going to want to play in or they want to get their coach fired? I mean, there's some still that going on. But once we get past this, then I think we're going to get the same level of intensity, which I'm excited to see. Okay, when we come back, let's get uh, Josh's take on those first two play-in games. Of course, we've got to talk about your Celtics. They're going to lose, homie. We'll find out what he thinks as far as that. Also, the Hornets at the Pacers. Right now, the Pacers lane three. Michael and I both like the under in that matchup. We'll find out what Josh likes as we continue. Just one segment for Mr. Vacation over there. He's in a good mood. He's out. St. Petersburg, wherever in Florida. Here he comes. We continue. It is the Lombardi line.
risk-free bet on hockey basketball playoffs with the risk-free wager at BetMGM. Sign up and use the bonus code VSIN600 and get in to the king of sportsbooks. Turn that game into showtime. Download the app or just go to BetMGM.com. Use the promo code VSIN600. It's simple. Again, you have to be in the states I'm going to list when I say if you have a gambling problem. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-2707-117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text Redline 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Are you taking a book on vacation? Will you, will you read a book, Michael Lombardi? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've got I got to finish Nickel Boys that I, I've been reading. I haven't finished that. I've got the Malcolm Gladwell new book that I want to uh, that I want to read. So I'm taking that. I'm taking a book on writing, and I'm Pat Pat Williams, the former general manager awesome. of the Orlando Magic, wrote a wrote a book about leadership in the revolutionary times. So I, I've got the, he sent that to me. So I'm going to take that. So I'll take four books with me. I should be good. Pat Williams is one. And of I got you. books. I got books to listen to. Uh, uh, so I always listen to books when I walk the dogs. If Millie's not walking with me like today, so I listen to books. So I always have that too. As you know, Pat Williams is one of the more motivational, good humans. Yeah. He wrote a book about Jordan back in the day, which was just. Yeah. He's just a very interesting person. Dealt with cancer. Dealt Pro- with a lot of. Prolific, got a zillion kids, adopted a zillion kids, very caring and giving. Uh, He lives down there in the Orlando area. Uh, You know, he spoke here in Ocean City one time. He came over the house. Interesting man. He's done a lot in his career. You know, general manager of the Sixers. He's been through, went down to the Magic, and uh, he continues to write. He continues to show leadership and give back to people, so it's impressive. A voracious reader, that Michael Lombardi. Josh Applebaum joins. Market Insights is the pod. So we went through this. Let's go through it with you. We'll start with Mm. Indy hosting Charlotte. It's up to three. The total is what we've been zeroing in on as far as the under, which seems like it's dropping here, Josh. What do you got on the first play and matchup? Yeah, so first thing I like that you guys mentioned is that under. I think there's a lot of uh, data behind maybe taking the under in this game. I think first off, you got to think about the NBA playoffs. This is the type of year where you have massive betting, kind of like the NFL playoffs. And as a result, especially with legalization and so many, so many more people betting on sports right now than ever before, they're really going to go to a lot of these overs. They're going to go to a lot of these favorites. And the fact that you have uh, kind of a classic reverse line move to this under is what I like about this one, guys. You know, you do worry a little bit because the Pacers are a really good over team, 45 and 27. But Hornets have been a little more to the under, 39 and 33. What I like, guys, is kind of a high total in the playoffs going under. Uh, the public, is, again, wants to sweat an over in the playoffs. You have a uh, majority of bets on this over, yet we've seen it fall. Some of these numbers were 231-ish down to 229. I'm seeing some 228s and a half out there. And one thing that I like is when the total is 225 or higher in an NBA playoff game the last decade, it used to be rare. It's a little more, uh, you know, happens a little more often now. But that high total in the playoffs, 56% to the under. So, again, wow. the pace of play. And, Michael, you know this. When you get to the playoffs, maybe you dig in on defense a little bit more. Each possession is more meaningful. Uh, so that's what I would look toward here. And I would mean, lean a little bit with the Hornets. Um, they didn't play great down the stretch, but they're getting a little bit healthier. And some books were three and a half down to three. That's one move that I noticed. But I think under, Michael, it, you pinpointed a good spot there. 
You know, I, I think the thing about this game, Josh, is all, everything on paper says bet the Pacers, but I do think there's a sense of desperation and a willingness within this Hornet team to continue to keep playing. And they're young. They love their coach. They're playing hard. Whereas I think in Indiana is there's so much malcontent. It doesn't seem like they're all on the same page. You know, they beat Philly the other night on Tuesday night. They kind of fought their way back into that game and won. They looked coherent in that game, but I don't know if they want this season to continue. I'm leaning towards the, to the, towards the Hornets more out of desperation. I think the desperate teams always win, single elimination. I think if this is a seven-game series, I would favor Indiana more. Yeah, I think that all-for-one, one-for-all thing is not necessarily percolating in that Indiana locker room. So I would agree. No, I don't with, think it is either. I would agree with Charlotte there. Okay, now the moment of truth. He's got the <sighs> smile already. His Celtics. Danny Ainge has already quit on the season, uh, has Josh Applebaum. Yeah. The Celtics are laying a point. <laughs> where do you see this team, how we can configure this team to where it leads us to the Celtics? Go ahead, yeah, Josh. I can't wait so, to hear all this wind's blowing. This is so, going to be reverse uh, to reverse Homer to Simpson. reverse. Let's I go. Know. Here it comes. So my homer hat would say you're buying low on the Celtics. They're not playing well. They're only laying a point. That's the homer side of me. But, guys, I'm not out thinking this one too much. I think the value is on the Wizards in this one. Number one, uh, you kind of just look at the way these teams have trended. The Celtics, as we all know, injuries down the stretch, making excuses. Uh, two and five their last seven. The Wizards, four and two their last six. And believe it or not, last 20 games, the Wizards are 15 and five. It's a team that uh, you're getting Bradley Beal back, who I think they were very cautious about with his hamstring injury. But uh, just the way these teams are playing, and especially the line movement toward the Wizards, a lot of these books, uh, as an opener, like, were like Celtics minus two. I saw a two and a half out there. It's a slight public play to the Wizards, but again, not that misconception of pros and Joes are always on opposite sides. Slight majority of bets on the Wizards, but it looks like some money on the Wizards too. Just the fact that some of these books that were at two, two and a half are down to one and a half or one. Uh, so to me, this is a, this is play on the Wizards. If you get, you would have wanted a two, maybe. But also the under, guys, what do you think? It was like 233. Looks like it's creeping back down a little bit. Maybe you got a lower scoring game, the fact that you're getting into these playoffs. I now. just think it's interesting if you were to do a draft. Listen, we know how marvelous Tatum is. But I think in a one-game scenario like this, honestly, I, I, I think I'm taking Westbrook over him. Beal, who was it was rough, he ended up finishing behind Curry, Michael, as far as the scoring title. I I don't know. I just, something's off about this Celtics team. There's really no, it's been the whole entire season as well. If you're Brad Stevens, right, you have to play this to the under. You've got to control the pace. You've got to be able to make it a grind defensive battle, force it to become a def force Washington to play at a level of defense that they're not used to playing for 40 consecutive minutes. I think that's what you have to do. I think the under should, if, the, if it goes over, I favor Washington. If it goes under, it's the way Boston has to win the game, right? They got to grind this thing out. They got to play possession basketball one after another after another. And Stevens's impact, let's not minimize that. We saw that in the bubble. What kind of coach is Stevens? How can he pace this game? I think that that's where, because we know this, Washington doesn't have a left hand in the sense they can play any style and win. They want to play their way, and they, they're going to beat you your way when they shoot really well. I think this is where Boston, if I had to play this, I'm going to play the under. I'm going to play the under. I think even if Boston can't win it, they still need it under. And there's a little correlative lesson there, Josh, from Michael. How about that? He liked if you Celtics, you go take the Celtics and bet the under. If you like the whiz, take the whiz, bet the over. Maybe a parlay in the mix. How about the Lakers. Thomas did a great job breaking it down. The size advantage to the Lakers, but here comes Steph Curry. And if you if you're willing to fade him, go ahead. But what do you think? 
I'm with you guys. And I, I, to me, I, I do see a little bit of value here on the spread. You know, if you kind of look at what you're what you're you know seeing here with this game, uh, number one, it's a 10 o'clock game Wednesday night. This is going to be the most heavily bet uh, of all these playing games overall. And you do have public heavy betting on the Lakers. So just from the standpoint of going contrarian and me, I love putting on that hazmat suit. You like do it in these games where it's very, very heavily bet like an NFL playoff game. So right off the bat with two thirds of bets on the Lakers. What's important here is that some of these books have fallen a little bit toward Golden State. Golden State opened getting around five. Some books had them getting five and a half. They're now down to four and a half. Some shops even inching down to four. To me, I want to see over the next day or two, you know, will this continue? Will there be buyback on the Lakers here? But uh, a couple of things you're looking for, too. You know, um, Lakers are two and one against Golden State so far this season. But you're really, you know, thinking about injuries here. You know, Davis and LeBron, if they're healthy, you're feeling good about this. But do, do one or the, both of them tweak an ankle? Does something happen? I think that's an X factor. You got to keep an eye out for and then again we're beating a dead horse here but another under this is an, another under opportunity to two, uh 222 down to 219 and a half both these teams have been really good to the under this year you don't think of them that way but golden state 41 and 30 to the under at lakers 41 and 29 to the under so to me i'd lean dog in a contrarian spot with a reverse line move to steph curry and maybe an under opportunity here michael but what do you think uh michael I like the under two. I think that, you know, everybody thinks it's going to be high. That's not the Lakers style. That's not who they are. They got to play good defense. Uh, you know, as much as I think Steph Curry's going to win this, I'm not going to go against the two, the two guys, the two big players. I think when they want to turn it on and they probably want Phoenix, why wouldn't you want to just go play Phoenix and get this over with? I mean, you know, Golden State can go into the other bracket and then have to go to Utah. They're not out of it completely. So, you know, I lean towards taking the Lakers in this game, and I also lean towards the under. I, as mu much as I love Steph Curry, I just think the dominant two dominant two players are going to win the game. Yeah, and good point, Josh, on the Curry Curry and the, the team. They've been more fundamentally a defensive team this year. But the most the, the most consistency from the Warriors team has been has been their defense, not their offense. And the same thing with the Lakers. So you think of those inversely. We have yet to discuss the Spurs and the Grizzlies. I guess it's the it's the forgotten game. <laughs> of course, we could throw up that wow. number. Uh, but Josh, what do you have on this one? Yeah, only thing I just noticed, guys, is that some shops were at at one point Grizzlies minus four, and they did get down to three and a half here. So uh, again, I think this is going to be this might be one of your most lopsided games because the Spurs are a team that uh, you know you love the old time Spurs with Popovich, Duncan, but they're not really that Spurs team anymore. Which to me, uh, you're not going to get that public bias in their favor. So they've now become like a really undervalued contrarian type situation here. So again, barely make getting it in here at the, the ten spot. Uh, but to me, you know, a lot of these fours that were four down to three and a half told me a little bit of money maybe coming in on the Spurs there. Let's see how it goes the next couple of days. But pretty much to make it very simple, guys, all the dogs and all the unders are getting hit for these playoff games, playing games. I mean, I thought the Grizzlies. Look, they were they couldn't match. They couldn't match the the Warriors. They played them hard. They got it back to even. The way the Spurs played down the stretch. I mean, the Spurs are better on the road than they are at home. But yeah. I just don't see much for the Spurs. I I think this is just a dead year for San Antonio again. Okay, right now, Josh mentioned it. Memphis open four. It's been bet down to three and a half at a couple of shops with San Antonio in town and a total right around 221 and a half, 222. Okay, well, enjoy it. Michael, uh, well-deserved. Travel, travel safely. Well-deserved vacation. You, you enjoy yourself. And Josh Applebaum. Thank you. Josh has got a big smile because he's coming. He's going to make cause some trouble. He's coming to Vegas this week, and that <laughs> is, if anybody knows the reputation of old oh, Applebaum. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Congratulations, Thank Mr. You. Applebaum. Well, well. <laughs> Michael, I, I, 
I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to make you proud. We're gonna miss you, but uh, hey, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll keep yeah, we're gonna miss you, but don't worry about coming back. I got it. He, I don't he, know how it he's awesome. gonna do the show upside down because he's gonna be doing keg stands the whole time. That's apple bomb. That's energy. All right, fellas, Michael, enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. Josh, enjoy it. Thank you. And Thanks, the, the nuts is coming up next.